Aaron, no Joey talk, eh? Nope, nope. Just uh, we'll get him another time. It's not going to happen. So it's forget about talking about it because it's not going to happen. Joey's not here. Yeah, Joey ruined the show. Okay, so Joey ruined the show. Welcome to Ear and Loathing, episode 30. You heard right, 30 episodes. Can you lads believe that? God damn it. Approaching middle age quickly. Yeah, yeah we've hit the hit the wall, fallen off the cliff. Uh, fun's over. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon we won't be fertile anymore. <laughs> Think about that, guys. <laughs> My seed sowing days will soon be over. All right, so today is... The goddamn 30th episode of, of Ear and Loathing. We're the Gitmo bros. We're the number one rockers forever. And uh, calling in from the West Star, he's the media <laughs> darling of Ear and Loathing. Why don't you say hello to the good people? I'm George White, still in the supply closet, trying water instead of whiskey. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> All right. And should we tell the folks about your new acquisition? Oh, my boom microphone. I'm yeah. using it right now. A boot, well, the microphone's the same. I'm sorry. It's a boom stand that's holding my microphone. And yeah. I hope it really, I rise to the level of professionalism of the rest of the fellas, the rest of the Gitmos. Gone, gone are the days of variable Georges. It's just one George, tonally, yeah. volume, yeah. volumically. Yeah. <laughs> one consistent George. Although, George, you know that a boom stand will not uh, kind of mute the sound of ice clinking, right? No, I, that's why I switched to water. I've got the water in the bottle here. Smart water. I think it's making me smarter as I drink it. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up, eh? I just Ew. drank some. Did you hear it? You didn't hear it, did you? Uh, all right. So and guess who's calling in from the North Star? He's my North Star. He's George's North Star. He's every supply closet in America's North Star. <laughs> Say hello. Baringa! I like the way you're put together, and I'm rarely wrong about these things. Uh, hi, dudes. <laughs> I like Baring and Thing, button that whole thing. That was wonderful. Yeah. I'm a yeah. fucking wonderful. broadcaster, dog. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful piece of show business. So speaking of, of the Bringmeister, guess who's in the torture chamber today? That would be Aaron. Hey, be me. And so, you know what happens when a guy is in a torture chamber. Not only do, does he get his balls whacked with a baseball bat, <laughs> but he also gets to uh, take over the kibitz corner. So, Aaron, before you tell us what's on your mind, we have to get authorization from our pal down in a little place that we like to call... Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. Clem has uh, authorized you to proceed <laughs> with whatever your kibitz corner subject is today. So carry on. <laughs> well, um, I thought that uh, we would try a, uh, a new game for, uh, for the pod. Ooh. And uh, the I name, like the sound of this. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's something that for, for all of us to play, all three of us to play, and indeed the people at home can play along in, in their way, and uh, we'll clue them in on how to, how to do this uh, with their chums afterwards. But today it belongs to us. And today we play 
the premise generator. Yes. Premise what's the line before explain it to the other two to help you name your movie and explain it to the other two i love it okay Uh, that was and thank by the way thanks to david bowie for submitting a song from beyond the grave yes very very nice (laughs) bowie-esque yeah Yeah. bowie by way of chariots of fire bowie and vangelis (laughs) mashup bojellis bojellis go back in time that's a good idea (laughs) <laughs> so uh, let me tell you a little bit about Premise Generator. Yes, please so, do. So uh, uh, the world, listen to what I have to say. Our own George White is a professional writer, and Damon and I have both written scripts, treatments, and short stories. So it is in that creative spirit that we'll each come up with a film and a pitch. The name of each film will be issued at random by the all-powerful Premise Generator, <laughs> which will provide us each with a noun and an adjective. As we're all executives here at the studio, once the initial pitch is presented, each one of us will provide notes to the other, welcome or otherwise. Once complete, we will then decide who's getting the green light. In the end, only one film will be produced by Ear and Loathing Pictures. Is this another competition in our show about a competition? I don't know that. Well, I think we'll just play it. At the, I think we'll all agree that one is just funnier or, or better. What you know? So we'll That's just. What the we'll, notes are for? Yeah, we'll just see what happens. We'll, yeah, the notes will tell us. The notes are always right. George, isn't that right? The notes are always right. You have to listen to the notes because the studio's paying. <laughs> right, and so I want to give you guys. To, so fair's fair. I'm sort of emotionally prepared for this, even though I don't know my words yet, and you guys are just hearing about this. So what we'll mm-hmm. do is that. We'll give each one of you your words, like, okay, Damon, here's your adjective, adjective and noun, George, same, and then I'll take mine. You guys can consider, I'll go first right away, okay, so that you will okay. just sort of get on, a, get into a move, a groove here. Sure. All right, so, uh, Damon, here comes uh, your adjective. Can I ask where the, what, what's generating the premise? Is it an actual, oh, like, it's, online? It's a, it's, a, it's a random word generator. Thanks okay. for blowing the cover on it, though. <laughs> it's something I built in my bedroom. Hello. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just an it's just a random word generator. Okay, it here's looks your like something Damon. from Willy Wonka's now? factory. Frequent, frequent, Damon. Frequent. That's my adjective. That's your adjective, and here okay. comes your noun: activity. Okay. And then uh, George. Activity. So okay. just think about that. Okay. George, here we go with your adjective: marked. Mm. As in marked man. Yeah. <laughs> Measurement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now here comes uh, Aaron's um, organic chest. <laughs> All right. Uh, organic chest. This now, is. Are we all chiming in? No, I like you? we each start off. Yourself? We each we each start off, and then it'll just sort of flow. I think. Well, you okay. start chiming in. Oh, but you the, start the with yours. Like, and yeah, then we, we just provide start, notes. Yeah, just like f- straight off the top of the dome, and then we're gonna then we'll just fuck around with it a bit. So, uh, um, organic chest. Um, so this this is a uh, uh, rom com. This is starring uh, Tom Hanks, 
America's dad. He is a plastic surgeon, but not like in Beverly Hills. He's maybe a, he's like a plastic surgeon in like St. Louis, I want to say. St. Louis okay. plastic surgeon, and he does uh, boobs specifically. <laughs> what's his wait? What's your adjective again? Organic chest. Organic, Organic chest. Is he does. Name. He does. He does boobs professionally, and uh, he's just surrounded by big boobs everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. But then uh, Sandy Bullock comes in to get <laughs> uh, get get work done, and and wouldn't you know it? Uh, she teaches him a little something about life as she uh, navigates whether or not she wants to get this get the treatment. And he falls in love with her, uh, with her organic natural chest, and then he becomes. <laughs> then he like treats hair lips after that, uh, like for uh, for for the needy in the Dominican Republic, uh, uh, and they live there at the end. I think that's my guy. Organic oh, chest. Organic okay. chest. Yeah. Brought to you by Ear and Loathing Studios. <laughs> that's right. Organic chest. All right. I uh, I like it a lot. I have a, I have a, I have a couple of questions. Um, what do we get from it being in St. Louis? Is there a sexier city, or is there something about St. Louis? This is the Arch. What is it? What, what well, I'll you, tell you. They're going to yeah. do the this, film there. Well, there's an arch. Yeah, there's yeah. an arch. There's an there's an arc in his character. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 uh, also, we're going to get a fucking shit ton of money tax wise for shooting in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me why. That's the uh, bean counters jobs, but that's what that's they the tell bean me. Bean counters jobs. You know, but I, I like <laughs> yeah. it when the city's part of the, you know, part yeah, of the uh, like part of history of the a story. Char- a character in the city. So a yeah. character in the story. So mm-hmm. that. And then, um, and, and so in your head, Aaron, let's see. How do they, let's see. I like, you know, for a rom com, we got to have the meet cute. So what, how do they meet? What's the first thing, first time we're seeing them together and we, we know there's magic. Is does she work there? He's he's in a horrible mood. He's in a horrible yeah. mood, and she shows up as just another client. But uh, like she slams she she slams the the door on his hand or something. He's coming out of the John in the office, and uh, <laughs> and 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 they're forced to reckon with each other. And he treats her like a person, perhaps something something like that. And she's in the she's in the waiting room. Yeah, because she's there. Okay. She thinks she wants to get this done. Maybe she's seeing a dude who's a real uh, a, a real heel. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you got to get big booze, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I weigh in? Sure. Oh, yeah. With some nuts? Well, mm-hmm. can she work at like an organic grocery store or something? And then <laughs> he comes in for some avocados or something. And then, uh, you know, so she, she reluctantly, you know, agrees to go on a date with him and he tells her what. He does. does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so now we've got the organic part covered and then he's looking down at her chest on like kind of a clinical level. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of, you know, gets, gets offended and then hijinks and, and uh, pure hilarity ensues. (laughs) Yes. And maybe she's, maybe her, the heel she's dating. uh, And indeed is her fiance, maybe is the, uh, the mayor of St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i think we got so like you know uh, uh we got a we got a solid place there to uh to jump from uh you know organic chest <laughs> it's a you know clearly it spoke to us and we moved on and you know three creative men we put something together and so i'd like to invite us to put this one in it's like so remember what well, there's a famous story and george has probably heard this and damon probably too but uh i think it was pixar that had one famous lunch and at this lunch and on a na- single napkin, they put down the ideas for like Wally and like four other one of their <laughs> movies, like Cars, 
all and they just put little notes on a napkin. That's what this is. That's what this is. We're just having a lunch. We're putting together classics. So I'd like to invite Damon to go next with his. So welcome to Ear and Loathing, the dirty napkin of podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're only as dirty as you make it. <laughs> all next to our premises is the lyrics of Blaze of Glory. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This whole thing about burgers. <laughs> so uh all right. I've got uh frequent activity. I think this is a kind of indie dark comedy and it's a guy who does sex studies like you know kind of a a masters and johnson modern version of masters and johnson but he does never gets laid he's constantly Mm -hmm. get striking out so the frequent activity is kind of the ironic title Right. Because because it, it's what he asks. It, it's all the couples that are coming in are describe their sex lives as frequent activity, and he never has any. Right, right. And so, um, I, where where does it go from there, guys? I think it's layered. Maybe he has a podcast uh, that's called Frequent Activity, uh, and 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 then and like that's his character's like it's like an Owen Wilson type, but he's got no game. He's got he's got no history, so to speak, but he's like book smart. He's like uh, he remembers everything he's ever read. <laughs> he has a superhero. <laughs> does wait, does his him. podcast have anything to do with his job? I just described it. Or we just yeah, yeah, it? yeah. I think that maybe he's like you know that puts it in today's today's world. Maybe he has something like that going too. And it's uh, it's like a it's like a sex call in show. And the goof is that like he could he can give other people's advice. And refer to it, but he can't give his own because he doesn't have any for, a proper experience of his own. Right. Then who's the who's the girl or guy? Or the who, guy. Or the guy who comes it's, in. It's, and, it's an indie, indie comedy. It's dark indie comedy, you said. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it means that it could be anybody. But what's the premise of the th- of that, that person coming in and, and changing his life? So he suddenly is getting frequent activity. Yeah, maybe he has like a, a crisis, like a, a horrible, like uh, gut wrenching uh, dream in which he realizes he's going to be alone unless he kicks it up a notch. And so he endeavors to be like the people that he reads about and talks about and speaks about and get experience. But he's not prepared. He doesn't have any of the calluses that people normally do. So he's just running out and having strange experiences, you know, like, you know, with a prosty or going to singles bars or going to. You know, Speed going dating. to swingers clubs, yes, singles, all of that. So, like, I guess it's sort of like four-year-old virgin. But this guy has, this guy, this guy has a lot of information in him. It's just not his own. Yeah, I, I was working on a Cyrano angle when you were saying all this, or before that. Is there something? He's he's the one giving the advice, but the guy that's on the podcast is a a hunkier guy. <laughs> Maybe it's the engineer. The engineer. We kind of reverse it. Like he's the engineer, right? right yes. Right. And he has all the, he has all the good advice, but he can't put it into play ever. What if the because, the, per, the person because the producer's ju- afraid of microphones? <laughs> well, well, what if his he producer- doesn't have a boom stand yet? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, his producer or the or his his Cyrano or whoever is is a woman. Let's just assume he's straight, just to make this right. an easier conversation. Okay. Okay. Sure. And and it's it's a woman, and she's she's got all kinds of advice and everything, and then they that's who he ends up with. Right in the end, but he has all these horrible misadventures, and yeah. then he maybe maybe the podcast ends up becoming more of a confessional space for him uh, than it is an advice space, and he just has to come clean with everybody that he's that he's just learning like everyone else. 
and he doesn't truly have any advice, but maybe he's kept that under wraps and she's helped him find that and uh, can end up being himself and finds great success. Or maybe not because it's dark, you know, like maybe he dies in a... <laughs> In a, a Velveeta fire or something. Who knows? <laughs> well, the only the only thing the the funny takeaway for me, the kind of ironic twist on the title, is if you a guy who has a podcast, there's there's never frequent activity when it comes to <laughs> downloads and and activity, just like right. people caring about the podcast. And so maybe this is an autobiographical story about write what you know the, the, the Gitmo Bros. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we just we just wrote our own story. So. <laughs> It's about question. three assholes. It's about three assholes. What? So wait. What's the? What's the part that makes this dark? You a dark indie comedy. So what's the weird thing that's in this that makes it dark? That makes it that makes it an odd. You know what makes this the crying game? Or you know what maybe in it, his yeah. maybe in his adventures to go get experience when truly he just needs to be honest and and learn from the people who he's around. But he thinks he needs to go have some cinematic moment. And outside in that space, maybe he bumps into somebody who's damaged, um, and uh, or someone he gave shit advice to, who then mm. starts to chase him around. I like that. Oh, stop. You told me yeah. you told me to do this. Right, right. And it and ruined then you're my fucking life. here and I find out that you're a fucking loser too. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, what if the that person is is calls in saying I'm really obsessed with this person and I really I don't think he knows I exist blah blah blah. And he's talking about our main character, of course. Right. Sure. There you, there you, and so he gives him whatever advice he gives him, that's what the, that's what the creepy stalker starts doing. Mhm. Yeah. I like it. It's a it's a it's a, it's a uh, a fatal attraction meets uh talk radio yeah meets, okay. uh, dopey podcasters that that's <laughs> you know and, and podcasting puts it in the world of today yeah. i like that a lot it's not this isn't about a newspaper or something a newspaperman <laughs> <laughs> can, can Saul gingerbreadman be in this can that be a character you know Saul gingerbread you know he is he's the editor <laughs> And the podcast is called The Gingerbread House. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or I like, uh, yeah, 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 for real. Yeah, so there, no, there's plenty in there. There's plenty in there. It's a thriller. <laughs> it's set in today's foxy world, maybe like, you know, Pacific Heights or something, something sexy. You know how Joe Esterhouse went to great lengths to convince everybody that San Francisco was sexy as opposed to just being a fucking shithole? Yeah. This isn't going to be in St. Louis, okay? <laughs> yeah, nice try. <laughs> Not like fucking St. Lou. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, George. Okay, uh, let's see. Mark, what is it? Mark for measurement. And, <laughs> marked measurement. Okay. And obviously, mark for measurement? Is that what marked, I said? Just, no, it's just two Just words. marked measurement. Okay, well, this is, yeah. indicates where I'm going then, because I was thinking immediately of Steven Seagal's marked for death. Sure. Which is, so this is going to be, this is going to be an action movie, mm-hmm. but it's going to star um, Game of Thrones uh, uh, star <laughs> Peter Dinklage. Sure. <laughs> Sure, sure. And he's incredibly, he's incredibly good at, he's like a whirling dervish. He's incredibly good at karate. He can kick the shit out of anybody. Right. Not in any kind of silly way. He's just legit a fucking beast. Yeah. Yeah, Like he can jump as high your face and like kick you in the face like a hundred times in the face before you realize what happened. Why not? But, but, but he moves so quickly. I don't know if there's a supernatural element to this or not. So help me on that. Um, that he moves so quickly. Um, that no one knows he is a midget. No one can, he moves so quickly and maybe, I, I keep seeing scenes <laughs> nice where one, there's a shadow on the wall <laughs> and people think You can tell giant. that George spent a lot of time in a writer's room where everybody's safe in the room. 
<laughs> he says, he says the Midget M word. right away. Sorry. Yeah. This little person. This is a little person. This little fella. Them yeah. not knowing he's a little person, can he enter rooms on somebody else's shoulders in a trench coat? You know, I, I was just I was gonna go in that direction. I'm glad you said that, Damon. I was thinking of Master Blaster from um Sure. Uh, you know, the one with the you know, we, we don't, don't need, need another, another hero. exactly with Master Blaster where it's a little guy on top of a huge you mm-hmm. know, on top of a huge dumb guy and kinda he's functioning as the head. And I kinda thought of that in a big trench coat, but I'm afraid it might get too jokey there. And that's why right. I was, Asking about the supernatural element there. But I like a, a little guy, you know, a little person being a hero. That's what I liked about Game so of Thrones. So measurement and- is the, George, measurement is the reference to his height, I'm assuming. Correct. Yeah. And marked means like marksman or like, or he has mark, he has to, he has a mark, like his job is to go kill somebody and that's his mark. I was thinking more like people are after him trying to figure out who he's he is. Marked. And oh, he's, he's marked. marked for he's measurement. marked, right. Yeah. Can his and name be Mark? Yes, it can, but with a C, not a K. In fact, I like it, Marcus. I like Marcus. Marcus. I Marcus, like Marcus measurement. I like Marcus measurement. I like that a lot. Now, what do you guys think about a supernatural element? How did our How did Marcus get this way? What did he? How's he become? I mean, obviously, uh, being a little person is a a naturally occurring occurring thing in the world. But is there something more interesting than he's just like what's his? What's his backstory here? How maybe he, there's a vibe. Yeah. Maybe like when he was doing, um, when he was a kid, and he his his father was concerned that he was going to be picked on and treated poorly. So he, his father wanted to make sure that he got into martial arts and stuff. And the person that he learned from, his dojo leader, mm-hmm. um, has a belt that. And then the guy, the dojo leader, uh, you know, is so impressed by by Mark that when he gets <laughs> to when he becomes a black belt, he goes, "Listen." I want to give you this. And he, and he tells them this story, this very involved story about like how this came from like seven generations. It came from the old country across the sea. You know, it's, you know, belonged to very age, age mm-hmm. you know, aged, wizard, wizened men. Yeah. And, and so he uses this belief and has d- develops this superhuman confidence based on this. But in truth, it, he finds out in the third act that it's just the guy was, you guess guy just wanted to give him some confidence and just gave him a belt. It's just a belt like any other belt. Um, but he believed so so deeply in himself for the first time ever that he was given uh, super. It appears that he has superhuman power. Okay, and it's just and maybe it's just, it's not even a, a black belt. It's just some jute or something. Yeah, something that, something a rope that holds up just to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, simple. but he's told he's told <laughs> yeah. that oh dude, yeah. yeah dude, this is fucking from you know the twelfth dynasty. Fuck, bro, yeah. Yeah. it's crazy. And, and and it's not you know it, the natural way to go would be like. Um, you know, uh, Ra's al Ghul and up in the mountains with Batman right. and all that. But it's somewhere simple that this is happening. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis. Now, this would be a good thing for St. Louis. I like that a lot. <laughs> yes, he's in St. Louis for this one. And it's just some place, you know, it's just, it's just some nowhere place. Yeah, like like the wire in Baltimore. You know, you don't think about right. Baltimore, but St. Louis. And it's a rough place. And there's a lot of stuff in the first act where he's kicking the shit out of criminals with garbage can lids and whatnot in terrible mm-hmm. places. And no one's aware. It's, no one knows where this is coming from. Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We still, like- we still don't have a, a, a plot, though. Like what? We get that he's a badass. We get that he's he's got this this totemistic belt. Right that, yeah. that he that he carries around that doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything other than it's a it's a you know a, just a confidence boost as opposed yeah, to well, maybe, actual maybe powers. It's, 
maybe it's like very typical, like in, from an eighties movie where his father, who we love Ooh. because his father w- was worried about him having confidence and, and, you know, was just like his best friend growing up and got him into karate uh, classes and stuff. His father owns a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's Mark Sr., by the way. <laughs> Mark Us Sr. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and local toughs are trying to fuck with him and, his, and, and take his store away. And, uh, and he's, the land is very valuable. It's like beachside or <laughs> riverside property next to the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> and they want to build condos. No, they want to build a floating yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 fucking casino uh, mm-hmm. in uh, St. Louis. <laughs> of course they do, down the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> right, right, a riverboat, a riverboat yeah, casino. Yeah. Ooh, I like and that his deli, his his family deli was sitting right where they wanted to right. build the, the right. Riverside right. Casino. Yeah, and cr- can yeah. Chris Christopherson be the bad guy, please? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if he's still alive when we get a fucking when we're a go, yeah, we're getting Christopherson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay, I, I like, like that. I, I I like this. Uh, I like this movie. I had another thought there, and it, it escaped me because I was so excited about the other the other thing you just mentioned. Did the real estate developers kill his dad? To get the property. And now he's really mad. Yeah. he's Mm -hmm. And this is where the movie turns. He goes from just being, maybe he's, is he a vigilante at first? Or is he just a guy who knows karate and has never really used it? And then, because I like the idea of gangsters and, you know, and and Mark for Death, I believe it was Jamaican gangsters. So someone from St. Louis that's, uh, what's a, not not a typical gangster we've seen before in ethnicity. It's not Mormons. Mormons, yes. Some Mormons, you There's know. bad Mormons, and people don't know it. People yeah. don't know about the bad part of the Mormons. I mean, you know, and that does happen. Think of, uh, you know, what was the guy? Warren Jeffs. He's a terrible sure. person. Yeah. Sure. Love yeah. the St. Louis setting, but I think we have to be in Salt Lake City now, right? Yeah, now we got to move it. Yeah. And, they, yes, and that's it, fine. It was, that's, it was next to Salt right. Lake. It was the Salt Lake Deli. That's where, that's where he was. That's where the family had their shop. <laughs> and they want to put a the Salt Lake Riverboat Casino. Right. What's the lake? church will own. Can, can, yeah. can you put a casino on a lake? Sure. Anything's possible on a Salt In a Lake. Movie. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's the log line, if I'm not mistaken. Any- <laughs> Anything's possible in Salt Lake. Anything's possible in Salt Lake. The measure of, no, marked for measurement. Marked measurement. Marked measurement, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit of a tongue, tongue twister there. We might want to let the marketing guys look on that, but uh, on the it's sign, a start. Uh, George, on the sign outside the deli, it says, you know, whatever, Mark's Deli or whatever. Yeah. And, and underneath that, it says, it's the salt that makes it taste good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we make our own pastrami. Make our own pastrami with salt from the lake. Oh, I know, which is a great question for, this was what went through my head a moment ago, was that, all right, so... Um, do what's the music here? Because it's very important with the hero music, um, the hero song. The do we do we redo? We don't need another hero. And does Robert Tepper do it? You know he's available. I'll yeah, say I know. That. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking cost here. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then I like I I can write a song like that in two seconds. We can write. Put, we, we're, we proved we, it. We could do. We've done that. <laughs> we can do it. We'll get. We'll call Bobby Tepps. We'll put a producer on it. Right. What was the What was the one lyric? Um, if a panther and an eagle had a baby, it wouldn't right. be as brave. Right. And if a sacrifice made a sacrifice, it wouldn't be all he gave. <laughs> and maybe the first and and the first the first scene is like him as a as a little boy and he's. 
He's, he's they got one of the, inside the deli. They got one of those things on the wall that marks height for little little kids. Oh, like when you're on the wall, when you're like, this is you at three and six right. and nine. And, 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 and it yeah. says like, you know, Mark, Ooh. age six, Mark, age eight. And it's really only about a, an inch and a half different from a certain point on. <laughs> oh, I can smell the pastrami, Aaron. That's a good picture that's right. there. I can yeah. see the, the kind of storeroom, like the one I'm in. And there's that's this thing right. on the wall. And yeah. And <laughs> Mark measurement. And his dad's in there, like, just making fucking... He has, his dad has big hands like a fucking badger, and he's grinding the pastrami up, and mm-hmm. Mark's there. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good scene. It's a very good scene. <laughs> All right, I think we're on our way here, guys. I like this Yeah, you know, so yeah. of the three, I think that's three quality things, but, you know, the room has to decide. The studio's only got... Uh, we only, we're only, we only have a, a limited amount of flexibility here, and uh, we're certainly getting tax breaks in all three cities <laughs> Uh, Damon, yeah. where, what city does yours take place in? Did we decide? Uh, frequent activity. Where? Where? Some sort he... of metropolis, because he's you know he's rocking the pod, like a Portland yeah. or something like that, maybe. You know what? It's going to be in London. It's good. It's going to be uh, oh, London yeah. town. You know, yeah, a, a, a Brit, kind yeah. of British, dry British humor. Now yeah. that gives it yeah. something. I like that. that gives yeah, now, it now it's now it's sexy. Need... Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. So it takes place in foggy London town. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of acti- a lot of uh, a lot of crazy stuff goes on there. It's a, it's a thriller in London. Don't see that a ton. Right. Did anymore. the writers' assistants get all this? I think we need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, what we can say is like if we don't know if there's a clear winner. Like I think that, that we're, we're we're satisfying a lot of different people, but like this is the tough cut that the that the uh, that the studio has to make. So yeah. uh, uh, you know, well, are we voting now? Well, I think that I will. Here's what here's what I'll say. I'll put a vote in. I'll put a vote in right now. I think we can each vote and see where that lands us. Mm-hmm. I want to go with uh, Dinklage. I want to see with, that movie. Going to go with, with Mark for Mark measurement. Mark measurement, yeah. yeah. Mark mm-hmm. measurement. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I found I found myself the most invested in Mark measurement myself. <laughs> and so indeed will. Okay. America. I'm not going to the argue then. I'm not going to argue. It's going to be the most expensive though. There's a lot of stunts and. You know, and if we can't get Dinklage, where are we? That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's you not a lot other other famous, you know, really bankable. You know, but maybe we, maybe we go out and go out on a limb here, and you know, we go find a new, you know, a new right. little person. And, that's right. And we make him a star, and maybe he is good. At, I'm sure there is a little person out there that's good at karate and mm-hmm. does his own stunts, this kind of thing. He's the Jack. Won't Chan, have to spend money on teaching him. Exactly right. So. Yeah. That's a that's a tough one, but yeah, all right. I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Mark Measurement then. All right, like Mark it. Measurement, it is green light, green click, light, for that click, one. click. All right, <laughs> we did it. We did yeah. it. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Some good stuff. Premise there. generator. Premise generator. Thank you, premise generator. <laughs> Thank you, premise generator. Good night. <laughs> bark bark. <laughs> all right, we did it. Thanks, boys. Thanks for yeah. the uh, the virgin Thank the you, virgin premise segment. generator. And uh, I guess, Aaron, uh, you did a beautiful job with your premise generator, but you know what your reward is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would like to. I, I wanted to. I would like to tell you though that I, I was hoping for something, and I got. I got completely uh, all that I was looking for. Indeed, you could say <laughs> that I got the answers. I have my answer. I have my answer. <laughs> Thanks for setting that up because I totally forgot. <laughs> Here comes this meatball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and, and my reward for that is is devastation. Yeah, oh yeah. Down, down, Torture chamber. 
Look it, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. Now, I went first with Loretta Lynn and the Squaw yes. Saga, mm-hmm. which means George is up first. Horny. I am up first. All right. And he's going to torture Aaron with a song that he handpicked. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> That's what he told me anyway. Uh, so do you have any uh, kind of, you know, uh, anecdotes or nuggets for us before we start this gem? Yeah, we're going to I'm going to have to set this up a little bit. Okay. okay. And I'm going to tell you right off the top, this is the village people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a torture song? It is. <laughs> and um, so uh, this is from, this is from the, uh, the Can't Stop the Music movie soundtrack. <laughs> which is torture in and of itself. Which is, yes, which, uh, just a little background on that. They should have um, called it uh, Try and Stop the Projector. Oh! Hey, oh, come on! You ain't, oh. kidding, you ain't kidding, friend. So the the you know the uh, the uh, the Razzies, the Golden Raspberry Awards. Fuck yeah, I do. Yep. They were created for this movie. This is why they created that <laughs> that that uh, uh, accolade. That trophy. I saw that shit in the theater. Oh boy, Whoa. did you? Well, yeah, then- I saw it with my mom. I saw that with my mom. I think it was one of those weird things. It was like a seventies movie date with my mom because there was such horrific bloodthirsty fighting going on at home that we just left and just went somewhere. Oh, wow. And that's yeah. was one of those things. Like, that's my memory of it, how intense it was. What's playing? Can't stop the music. <laughs> it doesn't anyway. fucking matter. It's probably walked in in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah your, so, mom, your mom goes, let's, all right, let's go back home and let's fight go some more. Th- this is worse <laughs> yeah. than this movie. It's worse than... Um, this is worse so, than a divorce. <laughs> I have a lot, <laughs> I'd rather argue with your father than... Uh, than then so uh so I wanted to set this up a little. I have other nuggets as well, but so um what you're gonna hear is a song called Milkshake. Yeah, and, I am. And Milkshake, uh so in the beginning what you're gonna see is it's uh, or what you're gonna hear is Valerie Perrine starring as Sam, Samantha, the village people's friend in the in the movie. You don't have to explain that to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Aaron's gonna and, give us a plot summary before yeah. <laughs> And, and now, this uh, is the part of the movie where, <laughs> well, it takes the setup. So in the setup, she, she's they're shooting a milk commercial, is what's happening here, and the village people are doing the theme song. And the opening actually is a movie within a movie or a commercial within a movie where a slate comes down and she starts a commercial, and some children come in to get their milk, and they are all dressed um, as little village people. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm we sensing go into a theme. This, Yes, and then we go into the song from there, and I, I'll explain the rest of it after we listen to a little. Mark measurement two: the little village people, <laughs> little, well, they're little children. They're, they're children. The little milkshakes. All right, so roll it, Damon. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Milkshake. No commercial intro. Take two. Action. Children. All right, listen, children. If you want to grow up to be big and strong and sing and dance, you've got to drink your milk. Little, I don't even know if this is going to make the, make the, the edit, but <laughs> the, I thought there were five village people. There's six kids, and they all have different the different you know village people costumes on. 
Right. Well, so there's cop, construction worker, cowboy, Indian, biker, and army, army man. Army there's man. Six. Yeah, there's yeah. six. But yeah. don't we usually see the village people as a five piece? No, I thought always six. Those those are the, those are the members of the village people I just named. Yeah. When they're it's always dancing. been six. All right. All right. Here, you'll check here, me here. on that. I think that's right. I think those are the six village people. It's a little cowboy in there, Randy. Randy, yeah. Randy, and David is the construction worker. Then, Felipe uh, Rose, the Indian. <laughs> and then the little fellow, the, 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 the army man, or the army man was sometimes a cop, right? No, is no, the cop and army man, are, the, the, the oh. cop and army man are two different people. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it. Anyway, let's hear milk, <laughs> let's, let's roll milkshake. All right, here we go. <laughs> In case anyone wants to, by the way, George, I'm looking at five village people dancing right now. So are you? Yes. Okay. Right. I see the army man, the construction worker, the cowboy, the Indian, and the, you know, the 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 guy who's going to the BDSM club. The biker, yeah, yeah. The oh, he's a biker, eh? It, the Indian's not. You saw the. Yeah, he's the biker. He's a biking Glenn, enthusiast. Glenn yeah, the, Hughes is the biker. Yeah, he's the well, the Leatherman. Yeah. They call him the Leatherman. Leatherman. The Leatherman. That's what they call him. <laughs> Glenn Hughes is the Leatherman. He's the Leatherman. He's friends of Ginger Gingerbread Men. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I just wanted to stop it and, and fill people in on the video. Uh, unfortunately, neither of you guys can see it. I'm sure George has watched it several oh, times when he's researching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, they've they've cut from the kids in the kitchen waiting for their glass of milk from mom to uh, basically a ballroom, and it's all white. It's like an old Hollywood production, and the village people all are wearing their uniforms which is the construction worker and the cowboy and the indian blah 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 but they're all white versions of those and there's balloons and dancers too it's a huge production Mm -hmm. number huge big and is this ostensibly part of the milk commercial or did is that now right well so so part of this is that within the plot of the movie can't stop the music is about why are we asking you george when aaron should be filling in all these all these blanks (laughs) in in the plot i got lost in uh, valerie perrine Uh, (laughs) as you should have um the the uh the um they they're trying to this is the loose story of how the village people got discovered it's their story and alan carr who had directed or sorry had promoted both Saturday Night Fever and then Greased with huge success, now had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And this is what he did, and it was the typical disaster you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. And so what within the plot of the movie, um, their their demo tape is turned down by Marrakesh Records because, see, they were on Casablanca Taka-Blanca. Records. See what they did right. there. And so they want to raise they want to raise money um, so they can have a party and um, – and then and do another demo, and they need to raise money, and they sell out by doing a milk commercial, which Sam helps them get because she's a famous model. And so this is the village people doing a milk commercial. And what I like about this song or hate about it is that it's just it's not a milk commercial. It's it's supposed to be milk supposed to make you big and strong, but then they're adding milkshake to it, so you're going to add ice cream to the milk, and the whole song is just a. A suggestion of when you should have a milkshake instead of something else. So go <laughs> well, ahead. Well, the thing's in like shake. You shake because you're you're boogieing. Yeah. Not that you're having to add ice cream. I mean, no, are no, they, are, no. You're adding. They're forcing ice cream. you to have that. They <laughs> tell you that you have to have ice cream. Yes. It can't so. just be a calcium thing. Nope. Or <laughs> no, nope. it has to be ice cream. It's a you can't take a supplement or. 
Nope. It's, it's <laughs> and I'm asking you one more time, George. Is it like a protein kind of thing too? Are they saying <laughs> something like about? Uh, There's no vegetables in it. Some other it's kind of uh, dairy, and then more dairy inside of it. Other things that are white or nope. <laughs> that the village people might be interested in. Or... <laughs> Sandy Bullock at the organic health food store could help us answer these questions. Oh, you want aisle four? <laughs> so what's funny is that they sold out as if as if they're doing something that they wouldn't normally do and they're doing the exact same village people dance and <laughs> like village people song, yeah. And, yes. yeah look yes. exactly the same this is what they do but okay this is them selling out Carry so on. selling out is they got a job yeah <laughs> which is what they <laughs> wanted they too. wanted to get some money yeah <laughs> raising money <laughs> so for a demo a job. It turned out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you gave us everything uh, we wanted. As as uh, you've said before, Aaron, um, uh, about this time, uh, that, uh, that when you look at this and listen to what they've done, at the end of this production, nobody said, is there any more cocaine? <laughs> they knew <laughs> that it had all been done, and mm-hmm. they were just finished with everything, and, and the nail was in the coffin of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> the, the set and the costumes were actually normal colors before, when they started, and then right. they, eventually they just all turned white. <laughs> It's just that kind of... I'll tell you some more about it. Let's let's listen to the song a little bit. Okay. Right, it is just instructions on how to make a milkshake. Just take a glass. (laughs) That's all it is. (laughs) Make sure they're not cracked. You can cut your lip. (laughs) <laughs> wow so right. yeah so there's sort of this is like maybe it's like a uh a song that's like a, a cooking show uh yeah and it get it gets stupider this this is this is the kind of i don't think that's possible that a kid would ha- no it does the, the kid would have a uh, the kid would have a a uh a, a milkshake after school kind of makes sense wait wait for the rest of it. wait till the second and third first so go ahead guys where i just stopped it I, I, I'm not joking. I'm, it's, a, it's a shot of the policeman, you know, the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of sitting on the floor singing his vocal. And there's three girls around him all drinking from big milkshakes. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the girls, I kid you not, I, I swear she's Kathy Lee Gifford. My, there, there, are, there, is, there is some appearances in this movie. And, uh, and, but she's uh, not, I think she's an extra. In other words, like, she was a dancer and, a, and like a right. singer before she got on that. Probably is her. Yeah, well, I'm going to send you guys the the picture. You guys tell me. We can do it in real time. Sure. So here it comes. And then and then I'll tell you who is in this movie. Not in this particular scene, but uh, but it's it's an old friend of ours from the podcast. So let's look you, at Kathy first. Yeah, mm. that's probably her. It looks like her. So many girls looked like that then, but it it very well could be. Good eye, Damon. Good yeah. eye. <laughs> I just happened to stop it right there. <laughs> All right, so uh, fans listening, listeners, if at the uh, one minute mark on this Village People Milkshake YouTube video, <laughs> take a pause when the singer's uh, by himself singing with the three girls around him, and the the woman on the left very much looks like our pal Kathy Lee Gifford. Could be not very, shake. <laughs> not very Christian of her to be in this video, but no. uh, we all do stuff in you know in our hey, early look. careers. We're all treading the boards. Yeah. <laughs> We have some dark secrets that we're carrying with us that got us to this point with ear and loathing. We're all trading the boards, but sometimes we're we're whores. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) The industry does that to you. Sometimes the board is made of whores. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. 
So I guess the it's the name of a dance, right? Do the milkshake. Yeah, they're encouraging you to do the dance. Yeah, encourage you to do the dance, but there's nothing about really dancing. It's about making. You'll see the next verse. Uh, well, when they when you make a milkshake, you sh- you have to shake it up, so it's like boogieing. Oh, it's like okay. when you make a uh, it's like when you make a uh, a martini. It looks like you're doing the, uh, you know, it's like a it's like a, a bossa nova kind of a vibe. I thought you kind of stirred it in, like the way he's saying. You get a glass, you put milk in it, you put ice cream in it. It, it, there's no top on this thing. I don't know what they're well, talking about. Well, that's a about. West Coast milkshake. Okay. I'm talking about an East Coast milkshake. <laughs> no, no, it's a malted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These guys are from uh, the Bowery. They'll show you how to do a milkshake down there. I thought they were from so, Frisco. But, okay. Here's my point about, about doing the milkshake. <laughs> like, if, if you're doing, like, the, if someone's singing you a song about the Watusi or everybody's sure. doing the locomotion or whatever, the, the singer, and at least maybe the, the backup singers, are doing it for you to show you how to do it. The village mm-hmm. people aren't showing you how to do the milkshake. Right. That's the name of this dance. Yeah. Right. Which is bumming right. me out. Not the recipe of a milkshake that you drink. I'm talking and about the dance. And they should be doing it by milkshake. now. I mean, it's it's like a it's we've been talking about it a long time, but they've still actually been singing it for for more than like a minute. So any yeah. self-respecting dance song would have told you about it already. Yeah. Yeah. Do your hokey pokey and turn yourself around. There should be some instructions here, other than how to make a fucking milkshake. Yeah, the hokey gets it, dude. <laughs> it's that's why it stood the test of time. Where's the milkshake, man? <laughs> the, the, the chorus is a directive. It's telling me to do the milkshake. I'm trying to. Over I, I, here. I don't know how. Should I, I have one? Help. Yeah. And by the way, if I have one, my tummy's is a secret? little full. I don't want to shake around. <laughs> Milkshake's thick. I don't want to shake around after that. I like to maybe sit down. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to say like, they should be encouraging, it's all right to have a sweet treat. But you then you need to do the milkshake, which goes like this. Step one. <laughs> Two, three, four. And don't vomit because your tummy's <laughs> Step one. <laughs> throw out the rest of the milkshake because you're going to fucking throw up. You're going to hurl if you do this and dance. <laughs> do the shake. Wait. The, the, the stupider part's coming. Please play the second verse. Step two. Fall into a pile of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> with Valerie Perrine. With Valerie Perrine. Then you won't care about food or anything else. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So instead of coffee, you're supposed to have a milkshake. Not add ice cream to coffee. Just don't have the coffee. Have a milkshake. Why would anyone do that? Yeah. And these guys, you know, the village people, if they're anything, first they're out there, they're gritty from the streets. Yeah, of course. But then also, they're also very fit. I've never seen a village person. (laughs) <laughs> looking like a slob a village you know individual I mean? no, no. Macho they're always tucking YMCA. in shirt they're if they're wearing funny. a shirt it's tucked in <laughs> and also I, it's my impression that the village people are all about freedom you know freedom to wear a headdress freedom yeah. to look as if you have uh, six different jobs but in fact no one has any jobs they're just out there doing it living it <laughs> loving it you can get yourself clean you can have a good meal right. you can do whatever you feel mm-hmm. and yet they're being pretty fucking bossy and not saying anything they're just they're just there, it's like this. It's like the song was paid for uh, by by Big Shake. <laughs> so they just keep they just keep pushing the idea, but don't don't say anything about it. I like how we're demanding logic from the Village People movie. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's a movie. We we just came up with three gener- premise generators that are better than this. Right. <laughs>
what did, did he say? Did you get that? The, no. the, when it's time for lunch. I was lost in the boogie over here. <laughs> no, that's the next line. When That's the next thing. It's then when after your coffee break and you've had the one milkshake, okay, right? So you've had, you're full of milkshakes from whatever, 1030, whenever your coffee break is. Now it's lunchtime, say two hours later, 1230. And now they're still pushing the fucking shake and saying, <laughs> okay, you know, what's, you know what goes great with a sandwich? A milkshake. <laughs> no, one, no one's ever said that. I mean, sure, you have a hamburger and a milkshake, but no one goes, hey, I got ham, a uh, ham sandwich with mustard on <laughs> yeah. it. What should you have? A milkshake. <laughs> it's showing us, too, that nobody in the late 70s uh, was lactose intolerant. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we're, adding, we're adding more milk to more milk. Right. <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> There's just spoons out there. No forks, no knives. <laughs> just spoons. <laughs> have yourself a Yeah, no one's doing the shake just for the because there's no. they cut back and forth between the village people doing their thing and then they they cut to the dancers and they're and the Valerie, no one's the doing Valerie a consistent yeah. shake dance as far as I can tell. Right. I'm I'm studying this very closely. It's yeah. such a cocaine. Oh yeah, train it's, of thought. She's doing a she's doing a commercial for 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 fucking uh, uh, milk. Yeah, right, yeah. Why are the village yeah. people there? I don't fucking know. Because yeah. uh, uh, they need money for their demo. Like, they're having a party and there's a movie party. For but they their dance, demo. right? So milkshake, milkshake. <laughs> it's a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> milkshake. <laughs> they congratulate each other. They just fucking shut it down. We did it. We cracked it. <laughs> I don't think we cracked anything. Shut up, Willie. You have another line. <laughs> <laughs> do the I, shake I, I don't think there's much left of this other than milkshake milkshake but let's hear a little more <laughs> we've got a minute and a half left it's, i think it's I just think, milkshake milkshake there yeah, isn't any an excuse for them to dance around i think so <laughs> Let, let's hear yeah i don't think there's another verse where they suggested i have dinner a milkshake for dinner or Thanks. before bed or you yeah. know <laughs> this commercial is longer than stairway to heaven <laughs> There's a vague theme now where they're cut, they're panning in on groups of people standing around, whether it's the the, uh, village people themselves or just a group of dancers. And there's some sort of hip thrusting going on while they're saying, do the shake. So maybe that's maybe the shake is just moving your hips back and forth. Yeah, we know what they're all about. Man. Yeah, we know what we do. What saying there. I can uh, do that. I can. Um, I can participate. <laughs> but if you're holding your milkshake, is it going to spill? I don't. Name he's the kinds of milkshakes we can have. <laughs> so he's going to say, let me say, okay, so he's going to use a vanilla chunk. Uh, what he's gonna what say, do you think's next? <laughs> stra- well, stra- strawberry. He should say like butterscotch, all the sort of the, the beautiful uh, yeah. skin tones of my lovely village people. You yes. Know? Yeah. Mm. He's, they're, you're Mocha. missing, yeah, you're missing a, 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 a beautiful, when like each one of them should turn to the camera and go, mocha. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that's, <laughs> 
Are you That's suggesting why... the Indians say strawberry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't what know. Loretta Lynn say. <laughs> By the way, Felipe Rose Randy, was not in Randy Indian. would say strawberry. Randy would say Randy, strawberry. He's the cowboy, right? <laughs> yeah, strawberry. All right, man. Take it easy. <laughs> I, by the way, one of the notes in here is when they were, because um, I didn't know that the, the two French guys and and then um, Victor Willis, who was the original cop and the singer, they they started the Village People, and then the other guys they just went and auditioned some a bunch right. of you know guys to be the backup guys. And the the original ad said, must be physically fit and have a mustache <laughs> for the casting call. Yeah, it was just those, that French dude was wandering around town and he just saw a fucking a rad dude dressed in a headdress. He's like, this is the best. How is this not an act? Wow. Another uh, couple of things about, the, about this that uh, fascinated me, the, the weirdest being um, that, so you guys know who, m- remember the actress Nancy Walker, you know, redheaded and she was the uh on bounty the quicker picker upper and she was rhoda's mom on rhoda and on oh, Mary older, Tyler Moore. Yeah, yeah redheaded and she was in a bunch of stuff she'd been in movies and in everything and apparently she had directed some some of the rhodas and had kind of gone into that and for some reason which i think must be cocaine she directed this movie whoa <laughs> yeah wow. nancy walker and it's the only time she directed it was such a turnoff for her and she fought apparently with Valerie Perrine so much that sometimes she just walked off and let like the DP do it. And then Alan Carr was buzzing around with his, you know, his thing was he didn't, he never wore shoes and he was, oh, he was buzzing around the set, just high as a fucking kite and doing whatever he wanted. But can you I, imagine so, the nightmare of that? It's so weird thing. to me that Nancy, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a different Nancy Walker. Like I, I hit the, 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 uh, the link and I'm like, this can't be that Nancy Walker, but it is. <laughs> The other thing that's um is that uh, Caitlyn Jenner uh when when he was Bruce sure. was also in this movie, um with very which, short shorts as I recall with very short mm-hmm. shorts and like a mesh top I believe Aaron you saw it I did not <laughs> yeah. so and yeah. Steve Gutenberg, um and then the other interesting thing about this which is really deep did and this weird, come out the same year as Thank God It's Friday this is 1980 and the the one that's this is always linked with is Xanadu. They came out and, and really it said that these, those two, they both won the Razzie that year and that's why their award was created. And that, hmm. um, that by, they thought disco, this would be the best idea in the world. Like Alan Carr can do no wrong, Grease, Saturday Night Fever, Stigwood, all that stuff and let him do what he wants because disco's huge. And he made all these big statements how the village people are going to be international stars, even bigger. And then by the time they finished the movie and all the cocaine, disco's over. And this is this is a huge, huge disaster. Um, the uh, the interesting thing, which I'd never heard, being a heavy metal fan. Um, so when they're doing the scene where they're bringing in all the weirdos to do the casting to become the village people. Now this is in the movie, not in real life, with the physically fit and mustache. They're just trying. They're in the <laughs> movie. They're saying, "Here's the casting call for all the weirdos that showed up to join the village people." And one of the people that shows up is Blackie Lawless. <laughs> oh, jeez. And he's in this movie, like, wearing his Blackie Lawless outfit, his, you know, cod piece and the haircut and the whole business, and uh, the leotard and the Gene Simmons look. And he's got, like, a chain in his mouth, and he's just biting it like a dog. And that's and they're like, look at all the crazy people that are here. Look at this guy. And he's up on right. a table doing that. And Blackie Lawless is in Can't Stop the Music. Wow. <laughs> 
Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with <laughs> Kathy Lee Gifford and Blackie Lawless. Like Blackie Lawless. Yes. Single degree between uh, Bruce Jenner and Blackie Lawless. <laughs> Blackie Lawless. They might have had. Huh. They might have had. They might have had lunch together on the set and you know had a milkshake. I don't know. One degree. I, I was probably more impressive. Service. Probably more impressive that it's one degree between Randy Village and uh, and uh, <laughs> and Blackie Lawless. Randy Cowboy Jones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like Randy Village. Randy Village. Yeah, <laughs> They're Randy each. They're like the Village. Ramones. They all have the yeah, same. The last right. name is the Village. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Village, Felipe Village, <laughs> Squanto Village, Squanto Village. <laughs> um, a little it. bit, a little bit of a silver silver lining for this movie, I guess, or this song, and all was that um, Victor it's Willis, over. who was the original cop who started the group, um, they kicked him out right before this, um, and got a new cop whose name was uh, I forget his first name, Ray Simpson, and. And Ray Simpson, I believe, is either the cousin or brother of Simpson of Ashburton Simpson. And so he's in this movie instead of Victor Willis. And Victor Willis went through a lot of dark years of drugs and everything. And then in, I think around 2018, maybe a little before that, he came out of it and sued the French guys and got all his village people publishing money and village people rights back. And they gave him a bunch of money and he won the case. <laughs> Whoa. And, and he's off drugs now and and doing okay and he lived through yeah, it and, just and, just in time to, to to have all that money to buy drugs exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i think thank god he wasn't here for this movie because it probably would have killed him <laughs> yeah right because i the, the drugs were flowing free on this movie and that's very clear especially during milkshake so, well, the uh, bitch is, is that he was fired but everybody no one paid any attention to that so anybody who wanted to talk shit out in the world when he was out nightclubbing, out at the bars, they say, "Hey, your fucking movie sucks." <laughs> well, I was fucking fired, guy. I'm not in it. Whatever, you suck. <laughs> Thanks, America. Uh, so, Aaron, do you, uh, George? We've got. We really do have forty-five seconds left, but I'm pretty sure, as you said, it's just going to keep doing this. It's him. Just na- let's just hear him naming some more flavors. Just for okay. Fun. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strawberry chocolate already. That's where we stopped. No, the vanilla, vanilla chocolate. I was like, vanilla, vanilla chocolate. Okay. Chocolate. Strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, strawberry. Yeah. Ow. Just do the shake. That's it. That's that's the entire menu. That's it. It's all you get. What an missed opportunity. Yeah. There's six. There's five. Rocky Road. Thirty-one flavors, man. Even back then, you know. Yeah. Pralines and cream, baseball nut. Yeah, come on. <laughs> they shout out like bubble gum, and then no, they but, then they stop the song. But the, but again, that's a terrible idea, right? Why would they put bubble gum in the in there? And then you <laughs> want to chew the gum, and it's cold gum. And, I don't know. I don't know. I'm off topic. <laughs> Do the shake. And there weren't. Yeah, there's there weren't as many people weren't as creative with ice cream. Hagen Dazs, I think, was just starting to happen. Rum raisin. <laughs> Rum raisin. Hold the raisin. But Aaron's right. Like, where's caramel or at least some, you know, a little more? Yeah. You Mint know. chocolate chip. Mint chocolate yeah. chip. Like, yeah, where, where, where's that? Where's the simple ones? <laughs> All right. So, yeah. We're, so, I guess we're done with, with milk. Do the shake. We, we, we did the shake. We did the shake. It's fine. Yeah. The flavors are done, so I guess we're done. I do not want a milkshake <laughs> for lunch or after school for my coffee break. And I yeah. certainly don't want that the that the village people are enthusiastic about me having. They probably <laughs> dosed it with some kind of thing, and I got to work tomorrow. A roofie shake. A roofie roofie shake. shake. 
Yeah. Just take a shake and put some roofies in. <laughs> Let me get a Cosby special. They just want me to have a good time. They just seem like a great group of guys, and I love the village people. They're wonderful, wonderful yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. They they look like they're having a good time up there. Yeah, you'd have to be a real <laughs> cynical old cuss to not to not go. Ah, fucking the people. Come on. <laughs> the VPs, guys. Come on. Yeah, come on. I, I did. I, I remember. I do remember being uh, uh, fascinated. I guess with that. That in eighth grade or seventh grade, about when you know the YMCA was huge, that and maybe I had more of a grasp because my mom had gay friends of you know what gay was. But it, I remember looking at the dance floor in the cafeteria of the you know whatever the Christmas dance or whatever it was, and it's just it's just America's eighth graders just celebrating YMCA and gay culture and not yeah. knowing it and just thinking, oh, we're just having fun and doing the YMCA with their hands, and I'm like. Wow, this is this is real gay culture, and everyone loves it. Yeah, it's because there was no irony. It was just like fuck. I'm just fucking doing it. I yeah, love just it. Having fun. There was no like this was you know if you listen yeah. to these songs, you're like wow. And, and by the way, um, can't stop the music. Also holds the distinction of being a non R rated movie with uh with full frontal male nudity in one part. <laughs> what? The shake indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and do you remember that from the Aaron, the movie Aaron? Because I don't, I didn't see it, but I never no, heard no, of that before. No, and I, I, I did I read that though. That. That's what there was, some, and, and with the village people in charge, you know, it's quite possible that did go down. So there's no contact. Like, was it a painting in the background or something, or was it actual one of the? One it didn't of the village say. People it didn't. I out. didn't say, and I didn't see the movie, and I didn't. I did not go look for it. <laughs> well, yeah, and our, our resident expert doesn't seem to know either. I didn't no, find Blackie no, no. Lawless. I, I, was, I, was, I was lost. I was lost in, uh, in, in just in Valerie, the people. Valerie the Perrine. Front. Yeah, Valerie Perrine's yeah. Uh, canoles. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's <laughs> all right. Zooms. Yeah. And never really made it Valerie. It seems like she should have been a Farrah Fawcett or a, you know, or a, a Wonder Woman or, you know, Linda well, fucking Carter. fucking Valerie was in this and in fucking Superman and like yeah. just exploded my mind. Her and Raquel, like I didn't know fucking what was happening. When those broads were anywhere nearby, if I was in the, if you just remind me, so you know what, you're growing up in Los Angeles, we're probably only about five miles away from both these broads now. Oh, this right, moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it freaked me out, but yeah. it was true. And I was in Van Nuys. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been to Puente. There's <laughs> a good chance that Valerie Prine is in Van Nuys right now. Yeah, no, yeah. The Sherman good part, Arts, though. The nice part, yeah. though. The nice part. Universal <laughs> City, baby. <laughs> All right, all right, we did it. Do the show. What do you have, Damon? Okay, well, you know, I don't want to say you stole my thunder, (laughs) but it's another Village People song. No, no, oh no, no, no. (laughs) But my theme, because you know, I love departments. You know, I love to extract things from departments on this show. And uh, this song is from 1987. And I would like to um, describe it as coming from the so much cocaine department. So much cocaine. (laughs) More than can't stop the music? All the, all the, you know, it's, it's just probably an extension. It's just kept flowing and flowing, but there's all the decision-making that went into, into this, like signing this person to a deal, making a, a complete production out of, out of this album. You'll know what I'm talking about once we get started. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, Got some got some thoughts, but let's just get going and see if you guys can identify this. Let's do it. Quite the flourish intro. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's a yeah. fabulous intro. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> Anybody? No. Is this that David Naughton song? No. Much bigger star. An uh, actor? Or like somebody you shouldn't be singing? No, uh, but yes to both. Is this Don Johnson? Hit? Is this Don Johnson? No, no. Okay. <laughs> good, good guess, but no. It's it's uh, number 12. It was a huge hit. So there's a good chance you may have heard it and you're wandering. Uh, Bruce Willis? Bing, 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 okay, bing, yeah, bing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the return of Bruno. The return of Bruno, Bruno album. Right, yes. And okay. these, and this is a song called Respect Yourself, which yes, is a cover a cover of uh, the Staple Singers. <laughs> right, because he used to be a, a bartender and, and everything. Bruce was a bartender. And yeah. These are the guys he knew from the blues bar he worked at. <laughs> you can so, you can sort of hear him singing out of a smirk, uh, out of the, like, the side... The side of his mouth. His yeah. smirky fucking He's only face. like yeah. a little bit of a lip opened up on the right side, and that's where all the lyrics are coming out of there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and guys, I, I know we have technical issues, and sometimes there's some sound problems and stuff uh, here on Ear and Loathing. If you're wondering why you can't hear Bruce Willis that well, it's because he's mixed really low because he can't sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like so don't ask me to like well, damon what's wrong with your si-? it's bruce willis and the mix of the song <laughs> he's it's buried under mix. 80s keyboards and giant drums and and wait till you hear what what happens like when the chorus kicks in i'll i, I don't know if you guys remember this song but uh yeah i this, do know this so, was a, rev- a revelation to me once i i heard it and i went oh that's what they're doing to to kind of put band-aids over this whole you know mess and uh so i think damon also he's probably buried under a mountain of cocaine too right yes, according right. to your original thesis <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's singing from underneath a blanket of cocaine yeah the, the microphone <laughs> is just resting in cocaine and while you're thinking of this every time i think of bruce like god bless i understand that he's very sick right now whatever oh. but like you know god bless but doesn't change the fact that he was such a jackass to so many people. Like I remember speaking to, I think I read it. And then I think I actually even spoke to someone who told me this first person was, uh, his move with chicks on, on the set is to go up to him and go, Hey, uh, what are you doing for sex later? <laughs> that was his line. Instead of dinner. Wow. Okay. I got yeah. you. What are you, what are you doing for sex later? And then that was supposed to get kind of a laugh. Like, if, right. Yeah. Right. No, but seriously, <laughs> I think that my Bruce is fucking spot on, by the way. I was going to say, it's his. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm sorry, speaking from the back of my throat. Hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> kind of like Marlon Brando doing Bruce. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go more. Respect yourself. A little yourself. more uh, respect yourself from yeah. Bruno. <laughs> Bruno! The return of Bruno. Uh, but it, by the way, just, just so you know, Bruno's last name in this in this you know this is his alias his his musical persona right Jesus. Bruno's last name is Rattellini Bruno Rattellini <laughs> an Italian kid from the streets yeah everybody was desperate to be Italian for chunks of time for yeah. big like halves of decades people were fiending for that uh, Italiano right 
Yeah, Bruno Randolini. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> okay, all right, you're fucking Irish, Scotch Irish. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. God damn it! <laughs> like when when the stable singers sing that line, "Hand," you know it's it, it sounds cool and funky and and yeah. soulful. Not not you, Bruce Willis. Not you, Bruno Rattellini. It sounds like he's so far away. Like here's what I'm envisioning that. He sounds so far away from everything that it sounds like they've set up some headphones for Bruce in the main room, okay? And those those headphones are sitting on a stool, and from that from that headphones is coming his voice, but he's singing <laughs> from the control room directly into like the talkback mic, and, and it's coming out of his headphones. There's yeah. a boom the, microphone next the, to the headphones, and that's picking up the headphone feed. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm recording my part. What's wrong with right. you guys? Yeah, it's the it's the Rattolini method. <laughs> Bruce, are you in the control room because it sounds better and, and the better echo in there? No, just proximity to Coke. Yeah. <laughs> like we're at, someone poured a pile of Coke in the control room, so he just stayed in there. All the good Coke's in the control room. <laughs> There's Coke all over, but the good Coke is in the control room. And so someone presses, presses the talk back button and goes, guys, we're going to rattle any the shit out of this. One, two, three. This is where my fresco is. <laughs> Picture Bruce Willis. Yeah. Hey, hey dudes. <laughs> come to the coast. We'll have a good time. We're gonna come to the coast. Yeah, that's it. see. That's what I'm doing. It is that. Right. It's in that. Yeah, it's right. in that space somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Die hard. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Seagal auditioning to play Bruce Willis. <laughs> right. Yeah. They all have that weird voice. <laughs> so just what we just heard, which was a very powerful group of voices. Oh, nothing. The Pointer Sisters are singing backups on here. I was just going to fucking and say to you, let me it's, guess. It's the you fucking guys, wrecking crew. It's a dangerous it's thing the- to put the beautiful voiced. <sighs> Pointer Sisters. Like when you, I knew you said it. I that, knew it. Uh, Damon, you said that when we were talking about Samantha Fox, where they were like, maybe the producer was like, hey, listen, maybe we should bring some real high test people. And then the management's like, no, 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 no. You keep that talent out of here. Well, as Aaron said at the beginning of the song, it's 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 sort of like this nice flourish of of music and everything. Like he, it's a, these are real musicians playing on this song. So yeah, they, they've they've chosen some really shitty keyboard sounds and guitar sounds. It's it's like that guitar sound from the eighties where they just plug straight into the console and put some chorus on it. I hate that fucking sound. Yeah, oh yeah, it's right, all yeah. over this. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then yeah, you bring in the fucking Pointer Sisters. Now look, guys, this just turns into a Pointer Sisters song after this. Bruce Bruce just leaves. <laughs> the room and it's just june pointer takes over the second verse <laughs> the cover of the record is just that mic stand with the headphones on it <laughs> here i am this is ready for the so uh photo shoot so aaron can i ask you a, a, a sure. give you a little scenario here um so when they I'm were talking bruce, you're, you're speaking to bruce you're not speaking here i, 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 I want to talk to bruno Radlini. <laughs> all right so uh, what do you think so uh so why do you think it went when there's a discussion about who to get for the backup singers and what what do you think bruce suggested <laughs> well you know uh, i figure you know if you want to put this is r&b song right uh, <laughs> i understand and i also understand that june pointer has a has a crack problem and so there's an excellent chance that uh, you know she'll she'll want to party so 
How about let's the get pointers? the pointers. Let's get the pointers. <laughs> There's a chance he'll want to do it for a crack. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask her what she's doing. What, she, what are you doing for crack later? <laughs> Sing a couple lines. Do some crack. What are you doing later? You take a look at my crack. I don't know. <laughs> I'm rooting around lean. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's bring so, Bruno back. Yeah, we got the Bruno and the and the Pointer Sisters have just sort of elbowed him out out of the, away from the microphone, and they're just taking over, which is fine. No one needs to hear him singing. It's just, it's just weird. All right, here we go. Oh, he's back. He's back. The, what, what a difference when you heard the Pointer Sisters three seconds ago, and then he comes back in the. Yeah, I think it sounds like. Can't get he it. views I, that that it's that they're cool that it's cool to be indifferent and non-committal, and that but that's and that's his whole fucking persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a difficult time with Bruce. Like, there's times when I love Bruce, and then but so often he's this. It's this. Yeah. The the so much cocaine argument. I I because it's it's not unheard of for for bad, bad or you know TV actors to do bad albums. Yeah. Um it's it, you know it's it's as old as time. But when I tell you later about what they did for this whole return of Bruno media blitz, it's it's, it's unbelievable. But they they sunk money into it and I and I can only imagine that everybody involved from Bruce to the executive record executives to the movie executives to the TV executives to the band to the producer everyone was was so fucking high making these decisions cuz who who couldn't have seen this coming? This is this was a disaster. I remember everyone joking about it at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because everybody yeah. said return return oh, yeah. of Bruno was a punchline. Yeah, well, right, exactly. Yeah, immediately in the yeah. same way, like in the same way that Hudson Hawk was uh, yeah. was was a punchline, but return right. of Bruno very much was a punchline. Yeah. So I, it's just that's why I think that like everybody was just out of their gourds, you know, making these decisions. So well, he was it, the biggest star for a time. In the in the eighties, and was it was that, yeah, yeah, and it was that, yeah. and it was that perfect kind of star because it seemed like he didn't want to be one or didn't care, and when everybody else wanted to be a star, you know, and so like that's he had this cachet that kicked in real strong, right? Uh, Which I, I think it's all that played into Bruno, right? Because my my guess, memory was yeah. that he was this bartender and they found him. And then he became a star and didn't really, like you just said, they, they really played that up. And then he was in Die Hard. And this album, I thought, was sort of him going back to what he really wanted to do. Is that right? That's my but memory. But why Bruno? It. Like, what is this Bruno thing? Like, what the fuck is I, that? I thought that's what they called him when he was the bartender. Okay, I'll get into like it now. In, in I'll, I'll, <laughs> I was going to save this for later, but I'll get okay. into it right now. We don't have time. About it. We <laughs> got to talk about it now. <laughs> so, re- by the way, the, before I get into the whole Bruno story, um, okay. d- there's a scene missing there, guys. I, and I'm pretty sure it predates Bruno. It's those fucking Seagram's commercials. Yeah. Right. Seagram's it's going right in its cool. My, my, my. Yeah. And he's, and he's, you know, got the, the harmonica. Oh, and the and, dumb hat, the pork yeah, pie hat. And yeah. Pie and, and he, and yeah, he right. couldn't sing in those commercials, but someone thought, now that's a persona we should explore. I'm not saying this is what happened. That's what I think happened. Cause I didn't, okay. I didn't think to make that connection between the Seagram's and this, but it's just, Assuming Seagram's predated this, someone must have seen him sing in those. Com- hey, we got to do something with that man. That's great, right? <laughs> so anyway, so so this the re- return of Bruno. I don't know whose idea it was. Uh, you know, let's just assume it came out of the the Seagram's thing, and it and also the the fact that they would give record deals to TV stars. But 
to take it to this next level of of it was an HBO an hour long HBO special. And if you guys remember the there's a sort of gag that you can do that could be quite funny and endearing when and I'm going to the reference I'm going to come up with maybe you guys can come up with other ones was if you remember the the movie called The Ruddles which was Eric Idle's mm-hmm. parody yeah. kind of pythonesque parody of the Beatles yes and peppered throughout very discreetly here and there were Mick Jagger as himself talking right. about the Ruddles right and then you had like Ron Wood and Bill Murray was in pretending to be their manager or whatever. And, and, and that, but, but then of course, those were just few and far between, uh, between, uh, these, these kind of Python esque sketch skits that they were doing, which was, you know, that everybody was committing to real hard. Yeah. Like, and, and a real, like they committed, like that's in comedy, right? Where you say, you can't bail, don't half ass it. You got to commit fucking hard. Yeah. And like no one's committing here except for the people that, douchers who are committing all this money to it well let me tell you bruce what, isn't what, committed <laughs> well, let me tell you what happened with with this this hour-long hbo hey special. damon it's your tmz guys hey, hey, hey damon, damon huh? is that is, is that his bruno returning in an airplane what is <laughs> how'd your flight go huh this is bruno's private jet um so so uh here's the premise of this hbo hour-long special called the return of bruno it's 30 minutes, uh, the second half is all a live perf- concert. Actual Bruce Willis or Bruno singing live with a band. And it's a huge band. It's 12 guys. He's got a horn section. He's got percussionists. He's got backup singers. And they're shit hot, of course. They're, they're a fucking fantastic band. And he's doing exactly this this shtick where he's mumbling through the, and, you know, ro- partying around the stage and he can't sing. And he's coming up to the backup singers who are authentic, soulful singers and trying to, you know, keep up with them. Okay, that's the second half. That's 30 minutes of that garbage. The first 30 minutes is that Mick Jagger talking about the Ruddles, but just all that. There's no they and and listen listen who he got on board to do this. Michael J. Fox, Phil Collins, Elton John, Ringo Starr, Buns, Clive Davis, <laughs> Brian Wilson, Graham Nash, Stephen Stills, Paul Stanley, and the Bee Gees all were doing the shtick where they're being interviewed about. When I met Bruno in 1965, it was at a small club. You know, it's it's 30 minutes of that, of all of those guys telling non-funny stories about Bruno as if he was a real singer. How do I know this? Damon sat down in front of YouTube last night and watched the entire special. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you? Oh, my God. No wonder you were in a shit mood yesterday when I talked to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did fast forward through, through some of the... Uh, both both sections. I mean, I I wanted to see who was in it. Like, oh, it's, here's the Bee Gees and there's Paul Stanley. But but um, it's everybody doing this completely unfunny. Yeah, when I and then you've ever heard of that photographer? He's was famous in the '60s and '70s. Harry Dills or Dilts or something like that. Henry, mm-hmm. I should say, Henry Dilts. And so he's talking about this photo session he did where it was someone's birthday, and then they were throwing cake at each other, and then. His supposed pictures there, and it's Bruce Willis in like a Beatles wig getting cake thrown on him in a black and white picture. It's so fucking lame. And so wh- who thought an hour's worth of this to promote this shitty album was a good idea? Guys who were doing a lot of fucking cocaine. You're right. right. It, that's yes. why it's it's so much money and so much coke went into this entire project. And he just said, he probably just said it's one of those things where they're, they're like, uh, well, Bruce, you're the biggest star on the planet. Uh, HBO wants to do something. Well. Uh, I'm just going to put a list of things that are just stratospherically dumb and crazy on a piece of paper. 
And there's no way that they're going to, because I don't want to work at all. You know me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We'll just write a bunch of asinine shit on there. And uh, there's no way they're going to, oh, they said yes, no matter what. All right. <laughs> Fuck. I got to go to work. If, if, if you, if we were watching this together, Aaron, in the, in the eighties, when this came out in 1987, did, I, I don't, did you like Bruce Willis back in the moonlighting days? I never really even watched the show. I was aware of him from a, yeah. from a from a standpoint like i just understood that he was he was huge he was a massive star yeah. but i didn't we didn't i i didn't have any kind of you and i didn't watch it and most of the tv i watched was with either mark gordonson or you yeah so, <laughs> I, I'm I wasn't watching i'm picturing us just because we're at that age of being curious about what this whole return of bruno thing was about but mm-hmm. even at this at the age of like 17 where you're in, and it was the 80s and there wasn't just wasn't shit all on tv to watch you couldn't sit through this. You couldn't sit through like five no, minutes of this thing. Doesn't sound like it. No. Yeah, it was so goddamn awful. But if anyone wants to watch the entire Return of Bruno, <laughs> it's on. It's on a uh, YouTube. <laughs> Surprisingly, not on HBO Max. It's <laughs> one hundred and one views, and the one was Damon recently. <laughs> <laughs> one comment from me. <laughs> it's just the fuck. <laughs> uh, I just sent you guys the smirk if you want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> is that his album cover yeah that's the smirk that aaron was talking about that's exactly it oh there he is yeah <laughs> his fucking smirky fucking yep. face there it is what an asshole. it's exactly what i was envisioning exactly yeah. that <laughs> with, a, with a club in the background and there's also a video for the, like a music video for Re- respect yourself which it's him in a club and and ta- he takes the owner lets him close down the bar and so then of course he starts a, a band shows Jesus up and they start Christ. jamming in it it's just so fucking bad. I get uncomfortable when people like insist that we talk about how real someone is <laughs> like how would they be like it's in, they their people insist that we keep coming back to it like if he was hosting Saturday Night Live, it was on his accord that they somebody would stand up. Hey, is it true that you were bartender? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like Channing Tatum. Is it true you used to be a stripper? <laughs> like they insist that we cover that ground. Yeah. And take another lap around that park. <laughs> and he really traded on that too. That that's yeah yeah yeah. He really traded on that in the, in the beginning. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, carrying on here. Sure. We got, a, we got a good couple minutes left, so let's, oh, good. Try, let's try to get through this. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, why would you allowed everyone is there a horn section in this too? (laughs) Why would you why would you you know be in the same room as the Pointer Sisters if you're Bruce Willis? It's just so ridiculous. (laughs) Cocaine. You said it already. It's cocaine. It's the answer to this. That's why Michael J. Fox did the show. So a little history of this song, uh, uh, as I said, originally done by the Staple Singers. This is a good song. It's a good, of course, it's yeah, the right. Staple Singers. Listen yeah. to this fucking pedigree of this song. So uh, a stack singer, Luther Ingram and songwriter Mac Rice, who both have tons of songwriting credits under their belt, wrote this together. And Ingram was frustrated with the state of the world at the time. And he told Rice, black folk need to learn to respect themselves. And Rice loved it so much that he made, wrote, you know, started writing a song around it. 
And then they put a demo together and showed it to the Staple Singers and they agreed to record it. Then they got the Muscle Shoals Band and the Memphis Horns to perform it. So you've got like stellar components already. You, how can this not be a great song in the original version, right? Yeah. And so every, it seems like everyone who's covered it since then, there's this band called Kane Gang in 1984. K- yeah. K-N-E Gang. Yeah. And they're a synth gang. duo. Yeah. They were like a bad ABC or Howard Jones or something. Yeah, Motortown was their hit. I had it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Motortown. George Weiss says, oh, the KG? Yeah, yeah. King yeah. <laughs> Gang, of course, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and so they covered it, and then uh, Bruce did it, and then Robert Palmer did it in 1995. And, uh, you know, right. I remember you, that. Yeah. You can't, can't go wrong with Robert Palmer. The guy was such a great singer, and his his version is nice and mellow, and it, it does, it's not all bombastic like, like, uh, like Bruce Willis's. But... Really, the the legacy of this song, despite the fact that it was written based on the quote, black folk need to learn to respect themselves, is a bunch of white people disrespecting this song. So that's kind <laughs> yeah. of a bummer. Well, right. Bruce Willis is a great messenger for that message. <laughs> what a perfect, what a yeah. perfect bullhorn for that message. <laughs> like, I can't even see him being asked to, like, what song should this feature on it? What who what artist would you like to have? Like I don't see him caring about any of it. I see like it's like some some management company is doing this all for him, and he just, and they just sort of pointed him in the direction of where anything was happening. Like somebody concocted it. I'll bet you it didn't come from his mind. I bet. I mean, they were trying to keep him happy. Yes, that's how involved he is in it. He is in the photograph, and they presuppose this is what he desperately wanted to do. But it doesn't sound like he wants to do any of it. He sounds less motivated than Samantha Fox did. <laughs> and what a waste of everybody's time and, and yeah an insane amount of money insane amount of money can you imagine how many fucking marked measurements we could have made or organic for the chest. money <laughs> samantha yeah. fox organic should be in chest? that movie come on yeah the, we could have made all three of them movies <laughs> the bruno ball just kept getting bigger and bigger as it rolled yeah. down the hill it could have just started out as an album but it just kept the gathering snow for hbo pardon the pun <laughs> God, but, dog. Yeah. Okay. So bad. All right, here we go. Yeah, at this point, there's about a minute where Bruce isn't even in the song. Like, June just starts, takes over the, the, this verse, and then all the Pointer Scissors <laughs> sisters are doing the backup vocals. So... It, Bruce left. I, he's just not even in the song anymore. So, so here we go. He does make a return appearance, though. The return, return of Bruno. Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a record about him leaving again? I, I guarantee you, every, <laughs> review, every review said that. The return of yeah. Bruno. Why can't he go back where he came from? <laughs> <laughs> the departure of Bruno. <laughs> Is there a worse guitar sound on the planet than that fucking 80s? <laughs> that sounds like you'd hear um, <clears throat> on like the B side of a, of a Stevie Winwood hit from the time. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know? I think of something. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That phony baloney soul. But right, the, the, right. I hate that fucking sound though. I swear it's plugged mm. straight into the board. You know, yeah, with some chorus on it. You're right. That, that's yeah. what it sounds and, like. And then yeah. reverb, a ton, shit ton of reverb. I hate I, God, that's <laughs> a bad sound. Oh, and. <laughs> I hate to say it again, guys, but 1987, guess where we are at the end of the 80s? Thank you. 
Yeah. What's unsettling too is that like in the same year though that like fucking bitching shit like aliens came out this year and, and they still felt that this was acceptable. I mean, I know it's not it's apples and oranges, but not really. Like it should have like kicked it up a notch. Like, hey, damn it, come on. Yes. <laughs> we we have a higher bar now. Didn't what Joshua is Tree come out this year? <laughs> yeah. Look at that fuck over there. He doesn't even want to be here with that smirky bullshit in the black t shirt. Fuck him. <laughs> I think the alien would have sung this album better. I know that he would. <laughs> I've worked with I, the I alien. Think that new, it's a beautiful I want Newt's new, <laughs> record. It's called Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly Blues. <laughs> Mostly Newt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the point well, is not even in this part. <laughs> I, that's what I said. He disappears from the song for about a minute and a half. But I don't think the Pointer Sisters ever sound bad. It's impossible because they've they've got such fantastic voices. But even they sound kind of bored, don't they? They're yeah, they're kind I mean, of phoning like, this in. Yeah, well, they, they they sound great on Neutron Dance. <laughs> yeah. It all sounds the same. Like they kind of they all sound like the same. Not that they sound like him, but there's there's a certain tone or tenor to this song where every voice sounds the same. Yeah, yeah the, everything. It's it's an unenthusiastic production. The whole crew is bored. Yeah, everyone's bored. You can only assume that, that really that, that Bruce went to do more coke in a different room, right? Yeah, it's what you'd have to assume in in the control room where the good yeah. the good yeah. stuff is. The good coke's in the control room. It always is. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> what do you know? I, don't, I, don't, I won't wear I won't wear headphones because I don't want people to see that I'm balding. <laughs> Wouldn't you take the ing, you can take ing out of that word there, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bring it down. They're, they're saying respect yourself, but he, he, everyone is kidding themselves <laughs> um, <laughs> that this is a quality piece of business. Do you guys know when um, there's when there's like a um, like a celebrity golf tournament or a fundraiser or something? You know, <laughs> that and, has more soul in it. And, and celebrity B-rated celebrities tournament. and C-rated celebrities are there at the, right, at the thing, right. and then and afterwards there's a, a big party where they congratulate themselves, and they all get drunk, and inevitably a, a bunch of assholes that shouldn't be playing get up and join the band that's there. Sure. That's what yeah. this sounds like. <laughs> right. Right. You remember That's the what scene this sounds in, like. in Tommy Boy when, when Tommy and his dad uh, at yes. the wedding get up right. and sing? Yes. Uh, what, what the hell song did they do? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Some, old, some old soul song. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Soul Man or something. Yes. Yeah. It just that, is. 
That was more soulful than this song. That's what this sounds like to me. (laughs) Blues Brothers 2000 had more soul (laughs) than this. Blues Brothers 2000. (laughs) That little, the kid, the kid in that said more soul. (laughs) Lil Blues. All right, we'll get a little bit more of this and then get the hell out. I hate that fucking Stevie Wonder harmonica so much. This song was over two minutes ago. Yeah. Right? Basically. They're just <laughs> right. kind of going on now. Like <laughs> They're bringing Jesus. in every bad 80s trick to kind of yeah, add, yeah. you know, Extended. infuse some life into it. And it's, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's dead. She's dead, Jim. Dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> Okay, so this part. Oh, there I he is. is. Okay. There yeah, yeah. Is. So this part is funny. Bruce is back, and and so they're just gonna vamp out. But listen to the dynamic between um, the Pointer Sisters and Bruce, and I, I I think I figured out what this sounds like. So give it a minute here. Okay. Okay, to me, this sounds like you're watching a YouTube video of a woman who's in the audience filming a Pointer Sisters concert, and her husband is standing next to the phone singing, singing? along. <laughs> <laughs> and playing it's, the it's, harmonica. It's, it's, all, it's all pitch, and pitchy play, weird. I, yeah. hey, hey, Jeff brought his harp. Play along, honey. <laughs> the not know typically going like, Yeah! <laughs> You got to respect us. Yeah, he, he's like throwing in little licks and stuff. All right, so that's it. We're done. That's that's it's twenty seconds left. Who cares? Oh, God damn it. That was that that's, is yeah. Wow, this is one of the the lightest episodes ever. This is just featherweight songs. Yeah, there's no depth, no depth whatsoever. Um, I have I have I have a I have a decision. If you're interested, um, you know, look, I, I I it comes down to. First of all, I like the village people and they're so charming to me that like even something so ridiculous and cokey as that is like they're just so charming. They're, there's you know, I, I love you like them. Randy. All right. I love him. I love Randy. <laughs> Strawberry. I, I love him so much. And 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 I'll tell you one thing more. The village people mean to be in the room. They're desperate to be in the room. They want to be in the room. They're doing milk commercials the, for Christ's sake. Yeah, they, they'll stay in the demo. room. Yeah. Even after you tear down the room and there's no more room, they'll still be in the room. <laughs> you know, they love it. Okay. And But Bruce, Bruno... Tagliani. I mean, like... Tagliani. <laughs> Tagliani uh, is just a... It's just a, I mean, this is everything that was wrong. Like everything that was wrong. So much of what you hate about the eighties, Damon lives in this space. And when the eighties took a big swing and, and it was so, there's so many fucking spotlights on it. And this is just one, this is like the biggest one truly. And something that I had put behind me. Uh, <laughs> I put this behind me. Brought it up <laughs> never, again. never I to imagine again. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty sure I'd never have to reckon with this again. <laughs> reckon. <laughs> and, the, and like, it, right. Like it's a real, a real reckoning. Um, yeah, no, dude, it, this is a fucking, this song is so goddamn awful. This the, the worst between the two. Yeah. It's Bruno. Hey, Fuck Bruno. look at hey. me. The winner again. The winner takes.
Just that few seconds of ABBA is better than anything we heard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's glorious. It's glorious. And it, and it shows us every time. I mean, it's always up against awfulness, but yeah, like, true. it is unreal how delightful that is. <laughs> I like how this show, Ear and Loathing, is just taking these bizarre turns. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. We just left behind anything mainstream at this point. It's all just these these completely random, bizarre tunes. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's plenty more. There's plenty more. We'll return to Bruno. <laughs> so I think it's time. We've done enough torturing of the poor lad. I think it's time that uh, we, we let Majel... Usher us into a place uh, that we like to call Sorbet. Sorbet. For that oh-so-fresh feeling. Well, this is up just a what the, yeah, this I is what the doctor ordered, I'm telling you. Like this is like two minutes and thirty-two seconds, I think, and it's just a fucking pop delight. And uh, you know. Might have never been heard by you guys. Uh, it, it's this guy. Uh, this guy had a, had a very small but very sort of defined career. Unbelievable pop uh, uh, pop songwriter and is horribly undervalued in, in the grand scheme of things. When 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 fucking cunts like this Bruce Willis bullshit could go down, <laughs> and this guy five years early was making this that got to number that, that, that charted like number 36, you know, on a good day and, and never to come near it again. In fact, I take that back. This song didn't chart. (laughs) Another (laughs) song did. And we'll hear this song. I mean, it's, this is, this is, it's just so great guys. It's so goddamn great. And and among my favorite songs of all time. What year are we talking? It's 1982. All right. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. From my window nearly every day I see that girl go down the highway Let's tell George who this is. Marshall Crenshaw. Oh, Marshall Crenshaw, right. Yeah, from the record Marshall Crenshaw. Yeah. uh, 1982, uh, written by Marshall and produced by Richard Cotton Herr, uh, who did the uh, uh, first Blondie record and the first Go-Go's record. Um. And the song is and, called "There She Goes Again." Yeah, there she goes again. And this is a uh, this is leads off the record, um, but was not released as a single. Um, some someday, some way was the was a hit. Another great it. one by Marshall. Top forty, top forty record. Uh, and uh, then whenever you're on my mind was on the follow up record, which is another song that people know, and that's a perfect song as well. Um, but he's got like six of those that are fucking stone cold classics. And this one is incredibly special, I think. And and it happened it, like there's not one ounce of fat on it. It's it's like let's let's spin it some more. And like the what what starts to turn around on the on the pre-course and the course is just dynamite. Let's let's check it out. All right. Here we go. Pop craftsman, Marshall Crenshaw. That's right. And I think she's trying to catch my Drives on by, and there she goes again with another 
is that? God damn it. I love it. this fucking song. Fuck. <laughs> Never it's, heard it's, this. It's, this is great. It's a, it's a mind blower how perfect that part is. It's a sad situation part. He's like, oh my God. It's, it's every itch that people like the three of us who love pop music when it's done really well there is there's like an itch that like when something like this happens you go that's the thing that's it that's the moment in you know like there's there's a chord progression that's very pleasing there's there's musicianship that's very pleasing it's it's pristine and kind of not super hi-fi all at the same time it sounds like a band it's fucking great 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 and 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 there's not one ounce of fat on it and it's hook central and this wasn't a single <laughs> i know they're bright strange. enough to lead off the record with it but how is this not a single in anybody's record the other thing i found interesting unbelievable it, uh, when i as i've been listening because i've never heard the song before um in 1982 it was almost unfashionable to have this kind of straight right. pop rock <laughs> arrangement like i'm not detecting any synthesizers or anything at all no no it's, it's you're, you're right about that is yeah. that like the 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 if you weren't Tom Petty, who could ride both both horses, mm. he could sort yeah. of throw that kind of stuff in there. Roots rock, not roots rock, a little new wave sometimes, you know, all that kind of stuff. If you weren't that, then the, straight the up like this maybe. is yeah, yeah. It's not really going to happen. Yeah. Like this is because this is only this is wearing its heart on its sleeve as a like I think it's a weak thing to say that like it was very easy to say like oh rockabilly to use rockabilly in 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 the language with Marshall Crenshaw like that. Mm comes up from time to time but i don't hear it in this there's there's something that the bass is doing that leads that is suggesting that maybe but it's a pop song yeah someday some way was kind of it's swung so maybe that people were right that was rockabilly they want to put him in that and i think the people were desperate to try to do something for him and so they would yeah. say that do more of that marshall <laughs> he this is like a throwback I, I know we're only talking throwing back about two two to four years but to like Elvis Costello and right. and uh, Squeeze and stuff like that. Yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, this could be on the first Elvis Costello record. Uh, this could be on My Aim is True in a second in, in, in the style. But like this guy's voice is so much more sort of pleasing to American ears. That's I was going to say. It's the American version of those things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just and like he was handsome and like all these things were working for him. And criminally undervalued, I would say. And that's like the best way to say it about him, you know, and, and, and he seems like a fucking good guy, you know, is he, he made a career, from, still has a career from Texas, right? Uh, he is out of, uh, Texas. Yes, that's accurate. That's okay. accurate. And a great name, Marshall Crenshaw. This is yeah, very memorable. I love it. Yeah. You got to start in Beatlemania actually. Uh, and, uh, and all right. Was he John? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then his first band was in, in keeping with that the first band was as as tiff gaffa which is an acronym for a splendid time is guaranteed for all <laughs> <laughs> unlike uh, his name i kind of remember it, that it doesn't quite roll off the tongue no yeah. it doesn't yeah yeah uh but uh so he was he was john lennon in beatlemania and then he left that and uh you know had this record so like he probably was uh you know, the producers at the time were probably like, oh, dude, this guy's a goldmine, handsome young kid. He's got stage cred. He's got stage sensibility. He's not afraid to be a road dog. He's got that He'll catchy band name as Tifica. <laughs> yeah. We can't go wrong. We're going to lose that. Uh, <laughs> get some more cocaine. Like somebody coughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, uh, but, it, but like, fuck. And, and, and when they heard this record, they must have been, wow, we fucking did it. We captured it. We captured what's going on with this kid. 
and you know it, it did respectively but then then the second record did a little bit better and he never saw the heights again of that like he had more success being buddy holly and la bamba um and having sort of tertiary partnerships with things and like he fucking like he he made a lovely living off of uh he co-wrote the uh song the um till i hear it from you the uh jim blossom song oh, he has oh, a co-write right. on that yeah and when you reflect on that you go like oh gee yeah because it sounds it sort of sounds like um whenever you're on my mind it sounds like he's cribbing himself yeah <clears throat> a bit like he learned some lessons there and then used it there but he seems like a very mellow lovely guy too so like I, which is makes me happy and he made a living doing this for forever. You know, didn't get rich, but made a living. Probably didn't have to do other things. Yeah, so. he's not like uh, the the real estate agency of Marshall Crenshaw. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're on that. my block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Curb appeal. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with being a real estate agent, but uh, w- once you've been a, you've had hit singles, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> you bust bench ad for a different reason. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, here we go. This part's great. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's doing that four on the floor. Yeah, yeah, that's it's so great. fucking awesome. Yeah, it makes my fucking head explode. How perfect that is. <laughs> I'm gonna find someone better. Go have fun, little girl. You know, the rockabilly thing. Now I'm thinking about it. This song is obviously not rockabilly, but. It's a bit of a throwback. It's probably the same way that like Huey Lewis, because it's right. almost the same groove as uh, um, If This Is It, I think. Was that? Ish. You know? Yeah. I mean, one is more. Yeah. I get what you mean. And everyone thought that 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 Huey song was like a throwback to the 50s. So if Marshall's kind of accused of being rockabilly, then he does a song like this, which is kind of like an almost like a 50s ballad in some ways. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, Huey Lewis was that's it's a good person to bring up because it's absurd that Huey Lewis in the news, and I love them, by the way. It's absurd that they became the biggest band on the planet, considering they only sound like a bar band, but they were a very like a caffeinated bar band. And so and like it was right at the right time. Yeah. And they they shaved off a little of that new wave vibe that they had for the first two records. And it was like it didn't seem like Marshall wanted to play that kind of aggressive game that Huey was more than happy to play, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, but like such delicate touch and like the fucking pre-chorus and the chorus of this song. And then the, and even in just like when the harmonies come in that, that was my girl, you know, cause that's not always happening. And it's fucking great. Everything. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. If you Fuck. ask me what 1982 sounded like, I, I would almost put this on, <laughs> you know, and say, this is what it sounded like. Cause yeah. It, yeah, I, you yeah, feel like, like you're back there again. You know? Yeah, and it's one of those weird, like what I love about the '80s is that there could be a party scene in a movie, and this song could be playing and be completely fitting in like a Valley Girl film or something like that, yeah, as much right. as something more more like Cabaret Voltaire or something like more, huh? More like sort of showy. Mm-hmm. It could also be this, right? And 
You know, I love that about the eighties and, and new wave in general and new wave adjacent stuff. And it's just that that does not exist in music today and hasn't existed since then. That true. kind of like, Hey man, do your thing, baby. That's so much true. more than the 60 was do your thing, baby. You know, yeah. I love that about it. And when it was working right, that's what was beautiful about the eighties musically. And like, gosh, I just love this song so much. And just Marshall Crenshaw in general. Let's listen to a little bit more of it. There's not much left. Yeah, let's. You don't have Marshall to kick around anymore. A bit of a head scratcher. <laughs> one of the songs is from 1987 and it sucked, and one was from 1982 and it rules. Hmm. It almost sounds like there's a theory there. <laughs> Early yeah, 80s, like the late 80s. I'm going to go workshop that and I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> workshop it. Workshop, maybe get a position paper together. I don't know. <laughs> Throw your theory at the wall. Yeah, it's like see so what much sticks. spaghetti strands. Hmm. <laughs> It's a thought. All right, here we go. That's a fat ass bass tone. Yeah, dude. I, and, and so, and to that point specifically, I it was f- hard to get my head around what's happening there. I taught myself to play it last week, and like after years of just loving it. But I sometimes will do that with like I bothered George was like saying, "Here's me doing a romantic song." <laughs> like, why are you doing this? What is the point of this? But like, I'll just want to find out. Like, it's it's so perfect. It's like you know, people yeah. you know copying down a Hemingway novel or something like that. Here's what it feels like to do this. You know, um, and, and, and learning how to play in it, it's a very weird thing. Like there's a, and there's a song, the song by the wallflowers, one headlight. I will bet you that when they were cutting that record, they were paying attention. I bet somebody brought this song up. There's a, there's a, there's a lift that the bass and the drums are doing together. That is very similar and very unique. And and one headlight cracked the code and was a massive hit. And this song was not. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Fine. Again, Marshall had a career. But like there's something that's happening in a similar way that's sort of hard to crack when you listen to it. Like if you sit down with a group of five guys and try to play one headlight, the thing you're not going to get right is doing this. It's like people who – like bar bands won't play the stones right because there's like three things they're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember, Aaron, I, I, when I was talking about the Clash song and I said, yeah. you right. have to hit those inflections all as a band. And the Clash right. got it. And everyone else who's covered it since didn't. That was the bit, right. the, the separated the men from the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a delight to like true fucking, and to come out of the gate like this, like, boy, that's pretty neat. First record, you know, first song on the first record. Is just so great, but like he worked them boys, he, and he he reflects on this time, saying, you know, I I was kind of a perfectionist and like da 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 da, but I still stand by those songs, and and uh, it's such it's such a great such a great album and great players. It's Marshall Crenshaw guitars, vocals, Chris Donato bass vocals, Robert Crenshaw brother on drums and vocals, uh, and then there's uh, Tony Garnier and uh, the uh, producer Richard uh, on percussion. So is, is- it's a small little outfit. Is Mar- Marshall's brother doing those harmonies, like brother harmonies? No, I think that's Marshall. Marshall to himself, to himself is yeah. my is my take. And then live, he probably is. You're a, a thousand percent accurate. Uh, 
And he, and by the way, like if you, you can pull up and there's plenty of them, um, versions of this online from like two years ago. And it is the same. Marshall's pulling it off. And each one of them are like two minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> like, and these are live versions in a club, you know, like he's, he knows exactly what the song should be and what it shouldn't be. And you gotta, you gotta love that. We don't need to stretch it out, give each other some sort of fucking onstage massage. Just fucking do the pop hit. <laughs> so let's, let's play it out. He deserves it. Play it out. He does. Thank you, Marshall Crenshaw. I want to drive somewhere after this now. I know. It's a driving song. <laughs> it is a driving song. Well, George, you do get to drive somewhere. You get I to do. Drive. I get to drive home. I, I, I'm never leaving this closet. <laughs> um, I like the last line, the, the, the refrain, if you will, of yeah. there she goes with another guy. I wonder if she'll ever be satisfied. And I love that notion and men do this a lot i'm sure women do this a lot in a kind of catty way but men are so delusional about you know she just because she dumped him right and now right. she's on to the next guy and you're thinking yeah she's she's just never satisfied yeah, no. and really yeah it's, it's like it's her fault it's her, it's her personality flaw but when in fact like it's she just got sick of you dude <laughs> she's not with yeah. you anymore <laughs> yeah, he says, you know, go have fun, little girl. I can live without you. And like, th there's no indication that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> She'll leave this guy and, you know, and go to another guy because yeah. she's never satisfied. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm She'll glad know where to find me. I'm still going to be playing at this bar. She'll <laughs> know where to find me. <laughs> she doesn't believe in my, my, my musician career. Uh, breaks my heart. But like, he's, he's. You know, what I love about like this, you, it could be viewed as sort of, oh, it's sad and da 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 da. But like, he, he seems very pleased with his career. And like, many people would kill to have a, an iota of that career. And he got to do what he loved and is responsible for beautiful songs. So, Aaron, Aaron does he, does he do soundtrack work or any? I'm just because I'm such a not, I don't know a lot about Marshall Crenshaw, but I think of him in the same, uh, somehow as T Bone Burnett. Yeah, Did yeah, they work they together. Have, they, they're kind of the same sort of guy, or they do. Mm -hmm. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. And his right. name, his name comes up a lot when you're looking into Marshall Crenshaw. Okay, so it's a nice pull. They, they, I think they do. They come from that same kind of place, uh, emotionally and musically, and uh, uh, what 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 they produce sonically is is you know it, it, there's a antecedents are the same. Right, and it seems like T. Bourne Burnett, even up till now, you, his name comes up all the time in. Yeah. Like soundtracks and music supervisor and that kind of stuff, right? Or producing. Yeah, there was a minute where like yeah. everything that was winning Grammys, right, uh, in on the roots rootsy side, had something to do with him, right? Okay, and so Marshall never had a, a thing, anything like that. Well, I think that he was involved in a sort of a tertiary way where he would have sort of flashy moments like this, like the Gin Blossoms co-write, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and then the the turns he would do on film, right? You know. When these these movie ideas that we have should they be made, we know that there's certain people that need to get a job writing, writing the songs for the movies, for uh, Mark Mark Man for, for Mark by, Pastrami Mark 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 for Mark measure. measurement yeah. Mark measurement. <laughs> uh, so like, thanks for listening to that. It was it's it makes you. me so happy to hear that. Uh, really love good. that fucking song. Really God bless good. Marshall Crenshaw. Yes, Go I like him. the '80s again. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've saved it for damon thank god <laughs> not past 82 though uh no right yeah cut cut off hard <laughs> so uh speaking of numbers 
This has been episode number 30. Can you believe it? Three decades of Ear wow. and Loathing. Three decades. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of decades. So uh, it's been swell being spending some time with you lads here on episode 30. And we are the Gitmo Bros. We uh, maintain that we are the number one rockers forever. Yep. And uh, there is no disputing that. We're proving it's, it all night. We're proving it all night. Stone. It's written mm-hmm. on the walls of a storage room. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you guys go say hi to us? Uh, send us an email at earandloathing at gmail. Or you can also uh, shoot us a message on uh, social media. And I guess the only thing left to do now is decide as a group of Gitmo bros, should we come back next week for episode 31? I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it! <laughs> yes, then we will say goodbye and see you next week on Air and Loathing. Bye. Bye. Ear and Loathing. Impact on broadcasting. Priceless. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye. Goodbye.